This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on this very busy week as we head into uh, summer, head into uh, a Father's Day weekend. The U.S. Open, we will preview that later, and we should have a U.S. Open preview with predictions, analysis, everything uh, up this evening. So look for that. The tournament begins tomorrow uh, at the Los Angeles Los Angeles Country Club on the North Course. So uh a interesting test, as the U.S. Open always is, and we'll give you our thoughts on the third major of the season coming up this evening. Now, today, obviously, uh, this morning, we begin with what was just another brutal loss by the Mets. And I know the feeling was that there was not a lot of juice leading into the Subway Series, but the one thing you get is you get a full house no matter what. So you look at it last night. They're there. There's a person there for every seat. And late in the game, when the game was on the line, there was plenty of noise and plenty of drama in this first Subway Series game, won by the Yankees, 7-6. But this game was as bad as it gets for the Mets. You start with the fact that Alonzo is not in the lineup and what that means, and it means a lot because without him in the lineup, they are really, really missing uh, their most important bat, their power bat, everything that Alonzo brings. But what that does is put more pressure on Lindor, and the game obviously came down on his shoulders tonight. The Mets jumped out early after the Stanton homer, and Stanton, you know, he loves hitting uh, against the Mets, loves hitting that ballpark. The bottom line is uh, Nimmo homers to tie the game. The Mets get a 5-1 lead after three innings. So this game is right where they want it to be and right in the hands of the guy it's supposed to be in the hands of. And what happens? Scherzer again lets the Mets down and lets them down in a big way. I mean, there's no way around it. Winds up giving up five runs in the fourth inning and winds up with a line that you just cannot live with. Three in the third innings, seven hits, Six runs, two strikeouts, can't put batters away, two home runs, and now his ERA has ballooned to 4.45. Hey, we can talk about making changes. We can talk about making additions. We can talk about all the things that you can talk about with the Mets in this very disappointing season. If Scherzer and Verlander do not perform This team is going nowhere. Then put Lindor on top of that. Then put the injury to Alonzo on top of that. And you have the four key guys. Diaz is gone. Scherzer's not doing the job. And now it puts an enormous amount of pressure on Verlander this evening to step up and deliver the Mets 
They can't afford to lose this game. It's against Cole. Now, Cole has proved to be anything but unhittable in these games. But the bottom line is they need a big performance from Verlander, and they need Lindor to break out. Now, I give Lindor credit for this. He stood in front of his locker. He patiently answered every question. He said he has to be better. He talked about his struggles. He talked about what he has to deliver for this team. He did not run and hide. So I give him credit for that, but that's the only thing I can give him credit for. Because when he's up in the eighth inning with the bases loaded and the Mets down a run, he has got to deliver at least a game tying out there, at the very least. What you want him to do is break the game open. He's from his weaker side. He's hitting 213 overall. He's hitting 203 left-handed. And give Holmes credit. He made a terrific pitch in what was a prolonged at bat. But Lindor has got to put his bat on the ball there. That's all there is to it. And for him to get Lindor and then Marte to end the threat and then set up an easy ninth inning for King, that was obviously the turning point in a game that had plenty of turning points. You got very little out of Severino last night. You got less out of Scherzer last night. They got nothing out of Lindor last night, 0 for 3. And the Mets go to a 7-6 loss and find themselves uh, in a very bad way right now. Let's be honest. Okay? I mean, this team can't do anything right. They are way off the pace now. They're much closer to the last place than they are first. They've lost 9 out of 10. They're five games under 500. they They're 10 back of the Braves in the loss column. We play a doubleheader in Detroit today. And things are coming close to spiraling out of control. And they're telling also because, all right, it was a strange deal with the bullpen when Smith comes in and he gets ejected. Um, I don't know. He must have obviously had a quantity on his hands for him to get thrown out that way. Um you want to say that each umpiring crew is a little different, that there's no uh, consistency in those calls. All right, that's a fair argument, but it's hard to argue with it. The bottom line is they were very decisive about it. They dump him. He's gone. That's it. It changes the complexion of the game a little bit for Buck. But the bottom line is right now the big guys are not performing for the Mets, and if the big guys don't perform, this team can't win. That's all there is to it. When Scherzer's on the mound, six runs should be plenty. A 5-1 lead has got to be enough, and it was anything but. So a good win for the Yankees, who come into the series in a much better place than the Mets are. Yes, they're way behind Toronto, uh, Tampa. That's fine. Tampa's off to a rollicking start, although the A's have beat them the last two nights, and the A's have somehow won seven games in a row, which is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling that that team has now won seven games in a row. But the Yankees bounce back with a big inning. LeMayu with a big home run. A couple of big hits at the bottom of the order. And they get a lead and they make it stick. Their bullpen makes it stick, puts up zeros in the sixth, in the seventh, in the eighth, in the ninth. Good job by the Yankee pen, which is in much better order than the Met pen is right now. And the Mets find themselves in a very, very tough spot. But as I said, a telling spot. Answer me this. If Buck 
is going to bat a banjo hitter down a run in the bottom of the ninth inning. What does it tell you about Vogelback? Why is he on the team? If he is not going to pinch hit in that spot where you need a long ball to tie the game, where you need an extra base hit, why is he on the roster? He is past being dead wood at that point. The fact that he left who he left in to hit tells you all you need to know about how, and maybe he, maybe Buck was sending that exact statement last night. Maybe that's the statement he was sending. I'm not even putting this guy up in a spot that absolutely calls for him to come to the plate. I am not going to put him up. That's how little I think of his chances. And that is a severe indictment. All right, the Mets were impatient with Sanchez, and now we keep hitting home runs in San Diego. It happens. Sanchez can make you look bad. Listen, he's going to make teams look good and bad all the time because his bat can get red hot. And yes, look, even Hicks has gotten some hits down in Baltimore. But everybody wanted him off the Yankees, and I think it made sense that he left the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees are playing weak people in the outfield, but Hicks wasn't doing the job. And it was symbolic as much as anything else. So sometimes these guys are going to find another home and have a good couple of weeks. It happens. But if you are going to have a guy on your bench who is basically supposed to be a left-handed DH, and you are not going to put him up in that spot, you're basically saying, I don't want him on the roster. He has no use on the roster. If he is not going to pinch hit in that spot, he has no use on the roster. He can't be on the team. Case closed. And maybe that's what Buck was doing last night by signing his walking papers. Because it made no sense. So another brutal loss for the Mets who cannot afford psychologically for their fan base, cannot afford to have the Yankees beat them both these games in City Field. And tonight it's Cole against Verlander. And they need Verlander to step up. And listen, Verlander doesn't need to hear this. He's lived his life in big games. We know that. We know who he is. We know the career he's had. We know what you can expect out of him. But it's time. Okay? In his last seven starts, his ERA is 4.85. Right? He has not. He did pitch well against Toronto. After not pitching well against Colorado. After not pitching. And then he didn't pitch well against Atlanta. He pitched well in between, but they need him to step up and deliver. They don't have a lot in the bullpen. They don't have the ability even to shut down this very, very meager Yankee offense right now. Because with Judge out of the lineup, the Yankees aren't the same. Add in a slumping Rizzo, and they're really not the same. 
Now, Stanton came out of it last night with a home run. Rizzo hit the ball hard last night. So maybe, maybe, you know, he at least contributed last night. So maybe he's about to come out of what has been about a 60 at bat complete funk for Rizzo, who you don't expect that from. But you know what? It's, it's happened. But he at least got a hit last night, so maybe it's a step in the right direction. But the bottom line is they don't have a whole lot of offense right now. And it's comical when the Yankees, the Yankees have kind of Falefa in center field and Bowers in left field and in right field and McKinney in left field. A Yankee outfield that sat with those names, these are the Yankees. Those guys are not supposed to be anything except role players, extras for the Yankees. Not supposed to be in the Subway Series. But as I said before yesterday's games, underlying sub and Subway in this series, especially with Judge and Alonzo out, especially with Lindor and Rizzo struggling the way they have, and Stanton even struggling, although he obviously at least for one at bat, came out of it last night. For the Yankees, a good come-from-behind win, a good performance by their bullpen. They are not going to be in any way embarrassed or injured or even derailed in any way in this series. For the Mets, they desperately, desperately need a win. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to put it. They desperately need a win. They cannot afford to have Verlander fail here. They cannot afford to add another loss and fall farther behind the Braves. They cannot right now allow this to get any deeper, and it gets pronounced. See, what the Subway Series does is it shines a light. It shines a light on the good if things are going well. It shines a light on the bad if things are going poorly. It shows everything, the good and the bad, and right now there's a whole lot of bad. And the Mets will see the Cardinals, then they'll see the Astros. The Cardinals clearly are struggling, but right now nobody's struggling more than the Mets, and they need their stars to shine. Scherzer failed last night. Lindor failed last night. He gets another chance tonight. Alonzo is watching, and Verlander steps to the fore. We all know, but Verlander, this is... Probably an interesting night, one that should get the juices flowing. It'll be a full house. There's some pressure on the Mets. He has lived with far greater pressure than he will feel tonight. No one's saying that it's not the case. He has performed brilliantly on the biggest of stages. He has nothing to prove in what is a lock Hall of Fame career. But that doesn't work for the Mets right now. What they need is somebody to stop the bleeding. And that's what Verlander gets paid for. And that's what Lindor gets paid for. 
not to be the run-of-the-mill guy, not to be the guy who might or might not chip in, to be the guy who can take the game by the throat. That's why you get paid the big money. And yes, the Yankees are putting a guy on the mound tonight who gets paid the big money also. But right now, the Yankees aren't in the position the Mets are. The Mets are gasping for air right now. They are watching their season implode. They are watching messages being sent. A loss here will, without question, cause some reverberations throughout that organization. That's what this series does. It holds a light. It holds a mirror up to where and who you are. It's a part of the schedule where you do that, where everyone looks and says, hey, these are my, this is my team right now. And right now, the Mets are a sinking ship, and they are taking water, and they are taking it heavily. And they need Lindor to step up. And to a lesser extent, there are other guys, but Lindor has got to lead the way with Alonzo out of the lineup. That's his job. He knows that. Hey, he stood in front of his locker and said the same thing last night. Very calmly, explained his troubles, talked about his two different swings, righty and lefty, talked about tip your hat, the guy made a great pitch. Um, impatient. I have to do a better job. I'm getting out in front. I'm not taking advantage of the pitch to hit. He said he got a couple of pitches to hit and he didn't hit him. He turned him over. He hit him foul. And then Holmes beat him with a 3-2 pitch. Which came in yesterday and did his job. Got Lindor, got Marte with the bags loaded. And then Buck sent his little message, well, not little message, in the bottom of the ninth. So Verlander, when he strolls to that mound tonight, he needs to stop the bleeding. Because right now, the Mets are wounded and they are going nowhere fast. And a loss tonight will be felt. It'll just, it's just more than a loss because it just sends that message. And I know there was a lot of commentary and a lot of talk about how, oh, you know, and you hear this every year, so Subway Series doesn't have the same juice anymore. Listen, right now, both these teams are disappointing. Alonzo's not here. Judge isn't here. Both teams are nine or ten games out of first place. So the year has been a big disappointment, and these were the two highest payrolls, and there were great expectations for both of these teams. But what I saw was a full stadium, and what I saw was when the game was on the line. A lot of drama when the game was on the line. And that's what you want out of this series. And hopefully we get a little more of that tonight. 
Your emails when we come back. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. Now, remember, the Mike Francesa podcast is the exclusive property of the good folks at Bet Rivers. And for all your wagering needs, go to the Bet Rivers app. For everything you need, you will find it there. And remember, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. So the Bet Rivers app is where you want to go. And it's a very busy week as we head to Father's Day weekend, which also means the U.S. Open. We will have the U.S. Open preview and with predictions up this evening for all you golf fans. And golf's fun to bet because you get big payoffs. Big payoffs. And it's always great when it's a major, and it is the U.S. Open on the West Coast, played on the north course of the Los Angeles Country Club. So we will have that for you later this evening. All right, emails. Go to Podcast at gmail.com to send them along. Let's see what's on your mind today. All right, here we go. I've heard radio hosts say the show is better when the locals are going well. I completely disagree and find the shows are far more entertaining when the teams are bad. Um, I don't know who said that, but there's no question. It is far easier, and it is far more dramatic and far more entertaining when the teams are going bad. There's no question. Especially when it's good teams going bad. Especially when it's teams with high expectations going bad. See, if they were a bad team going in, it's almost like kicking them when they're down. But when they had high expectations and they are doing badly, well, then that is exactly what you want as a talk show host. And don't let anybody tell you different. It's much easier and far more dramatic to do the shows when things are going bad. Um, It's funny. This is almost funny because... I was at a wedding the other night, and there were some NBA guys there. I won't say who, but there were a couple of NBA guys there. And we were talking for some reason. Lynn Bias's name came up. And I got an email about Lynn Bias, which is almost weird that I do, but asking about, you know, what about Lynn Bias and his ability and this and that. When I worked for CBS, we went down on the weekend, and a lot of times we would do double-headers. We would do Duke one day, like Saturday, like, let's say we did University of Washington at Duke on Saturday and then SMU at Carolina on Sunday. We'd go down for a Thursday night, watch teams play, visit the schools on Friday, and then get ready for the weekend production, you know, two productions. Um, I went into Carolina, Maryland, North Carolina. They had just opened the Dean Dome. And Len Bias was there, and he beat Carolina in one of the greatest performances I ever saw in person in my life. It was utterly brilliant by Len Bias. He had, I would say he was like a cross between Bernard King and Michael Jordan. That's the kind of player he could have been. He could have been scary good. Tragedy, really tragedy. Lost his life, very young, cocaine. Um, horrible. It really was. But he was a brilliant talent. Ted says that Josh Hart was a bargain. 
But I saw projections that he's asking for a much bigger contract. I know you value that Villanova DNA. It's not just Villanova DNA. Hart is the kind of guy you want on your team. Now, yes, there's a relationship between Brunson and Hart. But Hart's the kind of guy you want on your team because he never takes a play off. He plays ferociously on defense. He goes he goes wildly for loose balls. He will chase every rebound. He will give you great effort, and he changed the face and the chemistry of the Knicks on both ends of the floor when he came. I would pay him. Now, there's a point of no return for any player, but I would pay him uh, more than most people would think. Like, when Brunson came and people were squawking about his $105 million, I said he's going to be cheaper twice the price. I think you'll learn that's true. Um, I am not worried about paying Hart. I like Hart a lot. I think he helps the team dramatically. Um, Gary emails, why do you think the Rays have been able to succeed with a limited payroll, whereas many other franchises in similar positions and with similar constraints cannot perform? They're smart. They're just smart. They've been trained well. Their own is really smart. The franchise is smart top to bottom. And they utilize all facets of information, scouting, and everything else. And they do their jobs very, very well. And they get a very high return for every dollar. They are really one of the model franchises. I've said that many times. I've called him the smartest owner in sports considering the restraints he's under and how much he wins. He clearly is. Uh, I think Brandon Nimmo is the best all-around player on the Mets. Do you agree? Well, Alonzo, we're talking about everyday players. Alonzo is a premier player in terms of power. He is a premier slugger. The best all-around player on the team should without question be Lindor. But he has been very disappointing this year. So uh, I, don't have, I, I would say still what Alonzo brings still comes ahead of Nimmo. But Nimmo's done well. He's a better player than I thought he would be, to be honest with you. Uh, Doug says, I know Cohen said he doesn't react with crazy changes, but I think Buck has to go. Maybe this is the reason he hasn't won at all. You know... Buck was a toast to the town just a year ago. Everybody loved him. He did a great job. The team was winning big, and then all of a sudden it collapsed, uh, uh, as we know, and folded its tent. Um, I understand there always comes a point where the easy thing to do is change the voice or change the leadership because you can't change all the players. But I would consider that a last resort right now. I would give Buck this entire season before I did anything. I would not make a change in season. I would give Buck, because I think right now, unless you see a very, very radical turnaround for Scherzer, who you have to be concerned about right now, Lindor, who is having a terrible season, and a few of the other guys, and of course Verlander. Uh, it's not going to matter who manages this team. If Scherzer, 
Verlander and Lindor do not perform to their capabilities, this team has no chance. It won't matter whatever you want to do. It won't work if those three guys do not perform to the level that we need them to perform to to win. That starts tonight with Verlander and Lindor who move right to the forefront or have the light squarely right on them to get something done tonight and lead their team to victory. As we said, U.S. Open preview, that'll be up later tonight with predictions and everything else. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.